Welcome to Kettering Connect. This is the first podcast that we are doing. We are excited about it, and I get to have our first two guests for this. I get to do this. It's kind of strange doing it without Jason, because every time I'm here, this is who I'm <laughs> doing it with. But I have some awesome guests with me, and I have Rebecca Barnhurst and Harvey Hahn, who I interviewed for our sermon on Sabbath. So thank you again for being willing to do this, for being here. Well, thank you for having us. No, thanks again. So I was just going to ask the two of you before we start or as we start, if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourselves, because I, I introduced you and, you know, that Harvey, you're a doctor and that you're a dietitian, Rebecca, but I didn't really say much else. So is there anything that you can tell us about yourselves? Ladies first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I am um, a dietitian, like Pastor Andreas said. I also work for AMEN, which is a group of healthcare professionals whose passion is to share the gospel using health. And um, a lot of times it's neat to see that people really can meet Jesus through being introduced by health. And, and that's, that's a fun thing to be a part of. I'm also a mom and wife. I have a 12-year-old daughter, and um, my husband works here at Kettering College. Awesome. And you haven't been here very long, right? You came like right before I did, I think. I've only been here six months, but you've been here a little bit longer than that? A little bit, yeah, about a year and a half. So, And mm -hmm. this has been a fun community to join. I, I really feel like it is one of the most inclusive, friendly communities mm -hmm. that I have been a part of, um, and I've lived in a lot of various wow. communities, so it's been neat. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great to hear. <laughs> And Harvey? Uh, yeah, I'm a cardiologist here working at Kettering Health Network. Um, I've been here about 14 years, have two boys. I'm a well-kept husband by my wife, <laughs> uh, which works out well for me. Um, and I'm also a reformed fat guy. So I, the health message is really important to me. That's awesome. I love how you said I'm a well-kept uh, guy. I think I need, uh, I don't know somebody else. I need to like hire someone who's going to be doing that for me in my household because I am not that kind of wife, unfortunately, <laughs> who's doing that all the time. All right. So let's get into our subject. We're talking about diet and health. And my first question is, what is the reason for healthy living? If we follow what has been called the Adventist health message, which is very vegetarianism, for some it's veganism, sleeping right, going outside, does that mean I'm not going to be cured of all diseases? You know, that's such an interesting concept because people sometimes feel like if I just do this, then my life will be perfect and yes. I won't have any diseases. And of course, that's too simplified. Of course, that's not yeah. going to be the case. Does it make a difference? Absolutely. But will you be cured of everything? And is it going to be all encompassing? No, yeah. of course. But does it make a huge difference? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the health message is really important. Healthy living is really important. People have this idea that um, you're kind of slaves or you're just kind of given the cards you're dealt with from your parents. But when you look at all the chronic disease data now, about 15% of your risk of heart disease, um, high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes is genetic. 85% is lifestyle mediated. So if you make really wow. good choices in your lifestyle, you can really have a really healthy life. And then a healthy life leads to a more active vibrant life where you get to actually do what you want to do. So it's very mm -hmm. important. That's so incredible that it's 15% that's genetic. Mm -hmm. Because really, you know, I mean, 
another thing you could ask, and I'm guessing that our people who have asked this, you know, if if my family, if there's diabetes in my family, there is a heart disease in my family, well, then I am destined to have it, right? So then why should I care? But what you're saying is that, no, that's only 15%. 85% is going to, is, is about what you do. Yeah, a lot of people don't believe that when I say that, but the data, there's multiple studies that have shown that. And the idea basically is like genetics may load the gun, but behavior pulls the trigger. You could be susceptible wow. to have diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, but unless you activate those pathways by eating poorly, not sleeping, smoking, those could be really quiet and not even ever rise up in your life. It's amazing. And I mean, I've shared with the two of you before, and I think I've even shared it um, on one of the videos that I have an autoimmune disease. And I, so I know people who have autoimmune disease, because once you have one, you mm -hmm. kind of gravitate towards different people who have them because you share experiences, right? And to me, it's really interesting because all of us, like that's, that's, that's one thing that I keep hearing all the time. And that is the way I eat makes a difference mm -hmm. always. And to me, it's such a privilege. The fact that 85% of my risk factor is based on being able to control that in some manner. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege. It's not like, oh, I can't do this. It's wow, I can make a difference. Yes, I can come I can. from mm -hmm. a family who has uh -huh. some poor risk factors, um, and yet I can overcome that. And I get to eat great tasting food along the way. Yeah, and anyway. I get to get out in fresh air and run <laughs> or whatever activity it is. Yes. And you get to do all these things. And I think once we begin to change our thinking of I can't do this to what I get to do, that's it, a great point. It really can mm -hmm. motivate you to want to do it more. Yes. Well, and you also said the great tasting food I think that has to be great tasting, but depending on how you prepare it, right? <laughs> well, yes, and and it takes some. And be very bland. <laughs> yes, it can be, and and you know it's a learning process. Yes. It has been for me. I'm still working with my family and myself to enjoy plant-based foods more and more yeah. and to begin to view it as something yummy and delicious. And you know, I mean, there's yeah. this continuum mm -hmm. of where you are. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but I think Dr. Han is a little further along on the continuum than my that. family and I are. <laughs> but I think that's okay. And that's the point is that you're making a conscious effort to, to make a change and to help improve your health. Yeah. Yeah. Becca, your family's pretty healthy. So you got to <laughs> roll that back a little bit. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, I went there one time for lunch. It was pretty healthy. It was great food too, though. But you know, I was thinking as you were saying that, so I have a sister who has an autoimmune disease, disease as well, but hers is much more advanced than mine. And so she has had to be very strict about her diet, but she has come up with like, I don't know where she got it. She got different recipes from maybe different people, or maybe it's just, you know, but they are amazing. Hmm. The mm -hmm. foods that she makes actually takes taste incredible and when I'm eating with her I don't miss anything else mm -hmm. because I feel like I get everything and I get a lot of it too it's not like I have to keep myself to like some tiny portions of mm -hmm. something I can eat a lot of it but it's good stuff so I don't yeah. have to feel bad about it yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because if you eat like really healthy food like I love cauliflower roasted cauliflower roasted veggies you can actually stuff yourself to the gills <laughs> And it's yes. really not going to hurt you. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to gain weight eating that stuff. It's very calorie light, not calorie dense. And then um, I think for, for people to make the change, food has to taste good or it's a non-starter. Yeah, sure. So, you, you, yeah, you don't have to eat 
horribly looking, horribly tasting stuff. You, actually, you shouldn't because you're, you're going <laughs> to fall off the wagon. You'll dump that to. diet in like a week. Um, but if you find yes. some good recipes, find some good stuff, then that's how you kind of perpetuate the, the new habit and you get really healthy. Yeah. Well, and we had to do that in our family. I mean, I'll be honest, my daughter's favorite food for quite some time was macaroni and cheese. And she still <laughs> likes it. I'm not going to lie and say she doesn't. But the exciting thing is over time to watch her explore new things. I mean, she's always liked vegetables. So we were blessed in that, you know, cucumbers and carrots, she would choose over just about anything else. But to move along that continuum and say, okay, I, I like lentils. That was a huge thing for her. She doesn't like various textures or the looks of unusual foods and I mean, lentils looked do, weird right? to her, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and it took and now one of her favorite things is some Indian lentils and rice that we make. Mm. And today she was thrilled to death because she tried a new thing that I had made which was um some Thai curry with tofu and she was literally elated. Mom, I tried a new food and I love it and it's healthy. And it's fun as a mom to see that progress. But it's taken years to have her be willing to try more and more foods. So I think the bottom line is don't give up and don't get discouraged as a mom, especially when you you feel like you're providing these healthy foods for your family and it's not always going the way you hoped. (laughs) Yes, true. And I think I mean, I don't have kids, but I definitely have been a kid. And I remember <laughs> hating certain things, you know, when now I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, mm-hmm. why did I not like it? I hated broccoli. But now that mm-hmm. I've been eating it, I think that it's, it's awesome. Okay, it's but I do need to, taste. Yes, that's true. For a lot of things. Yeah, it is. And the more you do it, maybe the more you like it. I don't know. <laughs> but okay, I, do, I have to ask this. Can I be an unhealthy vegetarian? Absolutely. And that's, it's sad, but it's true. I mean, French fries are vegetarian, you know, (laughs) there's all sorts of things that you can eat a high fat, high sugar diet uh, Mm -hmm. that excludes meat and, you know, be very unhealthy. Or a bunch of sugar. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, If you look at all the highly processed, high sugar foods, they're all technically veggie or some, most of them are yeah. vegan. You know what's interesting is because I'm a gluten-free also because I have to be. A lot of things nowadays will just tell you gluten-free. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's healthy, but they're just telling it, saying it so that anybody can eat it, right? Even those who like can't technically just for the sake of saying, okay, look, this is actually good for you because it has no gluten. Oh, yeah. The marketing guys are brilliant. They, yeah. they know exactly how to get their products <laughs> yes. sold. So, Yeah. Sorry, I jumped in. I know you were saying something else. Uh, not that I remember. So. Okay, yeah, that's that's the problem with me jumping in. <laughs> okay, so I also wanted to ask you about something that's called blue zones. There was an article or maybe a couple that I've read that talked about how they did a study on different people in different parts of the world and those who lived the longest. And the mm-hmm. interesting thing was that in California, around Loma Linda, that was one of the blue zones. Mm-hmm. What can you say about that? And what's interesting in the study, this is, I think, in Life magazine, then they have a book and a website if you're interested in it. But the people in these cities, Okinawa, Loma Linda, um, someplace in Sicily, and there's another town I can't remember at the current time, but they live about 10 years longer than people in the outside communities. And they found about eight core measures, but to really break down the three kind of measures, one is they're mostly plant-based, very little meat. 
Um, they're active. They don't go to gyms, but they're moving, gardening, wow. walking around all the time. So you don't have to be going to CrossFit or anything. You can just be active. Um, the and they third, walk a lot, probably. They're, they're walking like crazy, gardening yeah. and stuff like that. The third thing that's really important for us as a church is they talk about your tribe or your group that you hang out with. And if you hang out with a supportive, positive group that are with you, family included, that makes a huge difference in your lifespan. If wow. you are isolated, don't have a support group, then obviously your quality of life and your lifespan actually suffers from that. So I think that we're, like like Becca said, we are blessed to be in a community where people are totally supportive. I've been blessed, uh, and my oldest son, we've been totally blessed by SVA's Centerville and the Kettering Church community. It's been awesome here. That's awesome. It's interesting that it is, those relationships have an important part in health. Yeah, it's huge that your mental health affects your physical health so much and interpersonal relationships is a huge part of that. And if you feel supported, then you, even in our health changes, if you feel like you're not embarrassed by it, but you're, you're surrounding your closest friends and family support you in those changes, yes. it's much easier to make them and to continue and stick with them. For sure. So I want to read a question that came in this week. And it says, for those who are struggling with mental illness, shame, and or the spiritual abuse of perfectionism, how can we process a message like this this week? If you would just eat better, exercise more, sleep more consistently, then you will sleep more consistently, then you will be good, which seems to mean that it is through performance that I need to fix my life. How do we extend grace in this conversation? How do we offer hope? It's such a beautiful thing to think of Jesus and think that salvation is free. It's a gift. Yes. And do, do we have to eat right to go to heaven? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I believe that God has given us this gift freely. Yes. And yet when we accept that gift, it's also a privilege to use our bodies for him and to keep them healthy. So I think that it's once again getting back to that I get to do this because God mm -hmm. has gave his life yes. for me. Don't I want to keep my body healthier? And that's once you begin to think of it as I get to do this because of what he did for me, I think it it helps me personally process, okay, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, I grew up in a fairly conservative Seventh-day Adventist home and, um, I was super blessed by my dad telling me one time, Becca, I can't change what my church members expect of you or what anyone around is going to expect, but I just expect you to be yourself. Mm. And that gave me the freedom and I wanted to make them proud. It's beautiful. And so I think that that's the same thing with God. He gave so much for us. So mm -hmm. don't I want to be able to, if there's things I can do, if that 85%, if I have the opportunity to make yes. my body healthier, why wouldn't I want to do that mm -hmm. for God who has created me and wants me to live healthily, healthy and a, an abundant life? Mm -hmm. Like we mm -hmm. talked about on Sabbath, you know, in John 10, 10, he wants mm -hmm. us to live abundantly. I'm really glad you said that because I was kind of feeling guilty about my past life. 
<laughs> until, until you brought that out. But, um, you, you know, it's really interesting. Like, we're all married. So when you love someone and you care about them, you want to give to them. Yes. And so, like, I'll clean the toilets, which no one likes to do. <laughs> and I wash okay. dishes. But I don't do that because, oh, I like, this is a great thing to do. I do it because mm-hmm. I don't want Joyce to have nine other things on her plate that she has to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to do that for her. What, what you're saying, I think, is really cool. We focus on the negative, the restrictive diet, what we cannot do, can't eat meat, can't have sugar, can't have soda pop. But the, the real question is, what can I do? So yeah. um, one of my good friends goes to this church, asked me and my family to go with them to Glacier National Park. And on the f- telephone call, he goes, we're going to probably hike 16, 18 miles a day. Is that okay for family? And without missing a beat, because I knew my family was healthy, I go, yes, mm. we'd love to do that. But I think what people, what doctors, what we all want is for everyone in the church and the community to be so healthy that you can say yes to what you want to do. And then you won't miss, I had to, I didn't eat that one piece of cake or I skipped the second scoop of Grater's ice cream. It's not about (laughs) the no, it's about what you can say yes to. And that's when you really start living life. Yeah. And I think when, when we were having a conversation, you were saying something about right before we started this, something about how there is a difference between when you start the doing a healthy diet, mm-hmm. like you see the trajectory. Could you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So um, I don't want to be too depressing on this. So I'm a cardiologist and I see a lot of people who are pretty sick and cardio, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in the United States. So I actually have helped a lot of people through their family members dying from heart disease. But when you get to a point where you're seeing me very frequently, and this week I had a patient, I was the second of three medical visits that day for the patient. Um, so that patient's whole day was medical care. Um, when you go and make a bunch of decisions across your whole life, the 85%, you're pulling the trigger all the time, shooting yourself in the foot, hurting yourself, you're going to have lots of medical, condition, medical conditions, a lot of diseases, a lot of doctor's visits, and you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. So the earlier you can start being healthy, you can actually stay healthy, put yourself on kind of an upward trajectory where you're more vibrant, can do more of what you want to do. If you're not eating well, not sleeping well, stressed out, don't exercise, you're on a slow slope that's going downward to less and less functionality, less and less ability. And it's really hard to pull people back from that. And I, I hate seeing that. Yeah, that's got to be depressing. Yeah, and these are all really nice people. So you just wish if I met them 10 years ago, 20 Mm -hmm. years ago, or if different circumstances, they could be healthy. And then maybe they don't even know me, and that'd be fine. Yeah. So so what you have been saying is that this is not linked to salvation because salvation Mm -hmm. is a gift. Um, So obviously if I choose to eat meat, it does not mean that I'm going to not go to heaven. Um. But then if I will go to heaven, right, Mm -hmm. then why should I do it? And I think what you're saying is that it really is just about like what it does for your life while you're here. Yeah, if you look at lifespan, I think right now United States average lifespan is 76 years. Um, You want to have the maximal best 76 years you Mm -hmm. can. You don't want to have 72 years and the last four just be in the hospital all the time. And I think by these healthy lifestyle changes, you can live a much more active, happy, outgoing life. And that's really what people want. People don't want their numbers to be good, like my diabetes and blood pressure is controlled. They want to be like out doing stuff, yeah. chasing their grandkids, going on a hike, stuff like that, traveling, mm-hmm. not seeing me. 
Well, and that's the key is the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. It's not even necessarily about those extra years. I'll have people say, you know, well, it doesn't matter whether I live to, you know, 86 or 88 or those extra years. Yes, of course, we all want to expand our lives as long as we can on this earth if Jesus doesn't come. But it's about the quality that we have in those years. Mm -hmm. Can I say yes? Like Dr. Han was saying, when somebody says, I want to hike or I, you know, I want to do this long hike or I want to try water skiing or I want to try this or that. And if you're physically fit, then you have the opportunity to say yes to those things. You feel better. You think better. The quality of our lives, I I think, is what really impacts and can motivate us to make those changes. Mm -hmm. Well, since we're, I kind of mentioned, you know, talking about meat, I did want to say because my dad wrote a dissertation on clean and unclean food. Fun. And so, yes, I haven't read the whole thing because it's really big. <laughs> but I have asked him about some of the main principles because there are a lot of people who nowadays say, well, you know, this is part of the Old Testament and part of the Old Covenant. And so it doesn't matter anymore. You can eat whatever it is that you want. But what he was bringing out in his dissertation was that it... It still applies, and for and, and one of the main reasons is because it is located in a section that talks about purifications. So this is certain things that you do, like you touch a carcass, and then if you touch a carcass, then you need to wash yourself, right? You mm-hmm. need to purify yourself because you could get sick. So, but he's saying that this is the only thing in that section that does not have a purification ritual attached to it. And so you cannot purify yourself from this. And therefore, he's saying this is one of the things that we know that it is binding, like it continues to be binding forever. Um, And this is another thing that we're kind of talking about right before we started, um, just pigs. And I thought it was interesting, like eating eating pork, the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that you were mentioning in third world countries. Could you... Yeah, so I, I think the, the first thing is it's really fascinating how science is now backing up everything from Ejuate's writings and kind of our church's health message that eating meat's not really good for you. Um, there's something called TAMO, which is basically a, a, a molecule that actually makes grunge in your arteries. And the only way you can get that is you have to ingest meat, you get carnitine into your uh, bloodstream, and then it gets converted into the liver, and then you start trashing your arteries. Wow. So to stop that, you just don't have to eat meat. Um, yeah, I'm not so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is, I can't call myself a vegetarian because there are still things that I'm just like, oh, the salmon. I love the salmon. <laughs> That's okay. I, I will I, eat certain things once in a while that I love. <laughs> yeah, fish is probably the, the best meat if you're going to eat anything. But um, I will also eat other things once in a while. But it's not something. So the reason why I can't say that I'm a vegetarian is because I will do it once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't normally cook it at home. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you really you know, were with me in my house, you would probably not eat it very often, almost at all. But it is something that once in a while I I will have. And the reason why I even started it is because as a missionary kid, or, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad would take us to different places all the time. So it was kind of a missionary kid. We went to places where that's all they had. Mm -hmm. They only had the fish soup or, you know, and so we were never just like, well, I'm not going to do it (laughs) because Mm -hmm. this is all, all there is. So yes, I'm not going to you know, make people feel like what they're serving and, and giving is not good enough for me. Yeah, I used to tell people I was a, a vegan, and my wife would say, you're not vegan, 
You have ice cream every now and then. So now, oh, there you go. There no, you go. It's, it's true. So now I call myself yeah. I'm 95% plant-based. Oh, I see. There so, you go. I could do so that I could too. Be told, so I can be at least honest. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, but you didn't finish your sentence. Yeah. So there, there's two things we were talking about before in the podcast. One is interesting is uh, pork is called the other white meat. And that's actually a marketing ploy to make people think that pork is similar to health as chicken or, or turkey. But actually, pork is the worst meat then it's red beef, then it's chicken, then it's fish. So wow. a brilliant marketing strategy to kind of try to equalize pork with uh, chicken. The other thing is the number one cause of seizures in the third world is eating undercooked pork. So when you go to a cooking class and they're teaching you how to cook pork, they always have a temperature thermometer in there to get a certain temperature to kill all the, um, all the parasites. So because wow. if you don't, they get in your system, go to your brain and make cysts in your brain. Ugh. And that's the uh, foci <laughs> for seizures. Yeah, so totally preventable. Wow. And it's really sad because it usually affects kids. That is really sad. Okay, so let's move on to something more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I think we just kind of are out of time. So I did want to ask right before we get to the last thing about fasting mm-hmm. because I have heard a lot about just intermittent fasting and how good it is for you and there's different ways to do it. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, what's interesting, this is once again where science is now caught up to the Bible. So the Pharisees used to fast two times a week. You read that in Luke. Yeah. And they kind of did it more to kind of show off. But the the real reason for fasting, the real um, the real benefit that I got was increased mental clarity. And then fasting and exercise are the two things that have been shown to increase BDNF production. That's brain-derived neurotropic factor. That's what they call miracle growth for your brain. It repairs your brain, makes your brain grow. So if you exercise or you do some intermittent fasting, you can actually increase your brain function. And if you have better brain function, you're more in tune, I think that has a big impact on your devotional life, your educational life. And that's had a big impact for me. But if you look at the data now, um, basically, if you do intermittent fasting, even for like 12 hours, 14 hours a day, and eat the other hours, you lose weight, your waist gets skinnier, so you're getting rid of visceral fat, which is the worst fat. Your glucose control gets better, your blood pressure goes down. And in the studies, you're only eating like 10 to 15% less calories. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a harsh, restrictive diet. It's, it's yeah. probably one of the easiest things to do, has benefits from your brain to the rest of your body. That's incredible. And... When you come, I mean, I know what fasting does just spiritually Mm -hmm. because of just taking the time, not just to fast, but really taking the time to pray and spend Mm -hmm. time with God. And so it's incredible that it really is doing something for our health too Mm -hmm. at the same time. God is just really awesome. Mm -hmm. It is amazing (laughs) to see that our bodies respond to so many things. And when we spend time with Him, it really can draw us. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, okay, so let's just transition. That's a great transition to the last question. Um, it's just something that you both said in the interview on Sabbath, which was that you're both passionate about health and the gospel. So I think that sometimes people could think that, well, okay, those two things are completely unrelated, right? So how is it that for the both of you, you see a connection and what is it that maybe we can learn from that? When I look at Jesus, he spent a lot of time healing people. Yes. And to him... The physical was important, but yet he always wanted to draw them to him. The purpose of healing their bodies wasn't just so that they were healthier or could walk or these things. It was to draw them to a caring Savior. So I think if we show that care, 
when we talk about health, my hope and my dream is that people will see Jesus as well. Yes. And it's not that we're just trying to throw religion at them, but we're saying, here, I care about your body. I care about your physical health, yeah. your mental health, your spiritual health. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I also want to draw you to a Jesus who loves you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think God's clearly called us to care and love for other people. And you can't do that if you're just trying to ram religion down someone's throat. Yeah. So that can't, that can't be the first thing. Shouldn't even probably in the first three things. But the first thing, if you can say, hey, I really care about you as a person. I want you to be healthier. I want, you know, I'm going to donate money. I'm going to do what I can to help you. And that person realizes there's a genuine connection you've connected here. Mm-hmm. Then that leaves you, you know, leaves some opening to talk about other things. And religion is mm-hmm. hopefully be one of those things. But I think first off, if we don't care about other people, then we don't have Christ in ourselves to begin with. Yes. Yeah, that's a really great point. Well, I think we have come, run out of time. So I just want to end with a verse that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. You've already mentioned it at the beginning, but I think it's just such an important verse to keep reminding selves of. And so I'm just going to read it again, where it says that Jesus is speaking to the people and he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And he's talking really about Satan, that, that Satan wants to destroy our lives. But he says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. that They may have it abundantly. Amen. And I love Amen. that, that Jesus wants that for us, for eternity, but also for now, for here. So thank you both so much for joining us and for just this really interesting conversation. This was great. Thank you. No, thanks. Let's pray. Lord God, I just want to thank you for the time that we're able to spend together. I pray that you continue to... Keep teaching us all about what is good for us, healthy for us. Give us that commitment to you and to glorify you in the things that we do. I pray for your Holy Spirit to help us to have that desire to do something about our health and to have our bodies be a temple for you to make a difference in in our lives but also in the lives of others because we'll have more energy and also to be able to just witness for you more boldly. Thank you for that. And I just put us all into your hands right now. Amen. 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 Well, no, I was going to say we'll see you next time, but we're not going to see you next time. <laughs> but there will be another time at some point. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you.